0: Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. On this BFC Live, we connect with Vanessa Barros of the CanDelta team. She's going to walk us through the Farmgate regulations across Canada. Vanessa, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We like to start off weeks uh, on Monday mornings with the team from Can Delta because you are the people most in the know, uh, which is great. Uh, It's a good way to start the week. And we have gotten a lot of questions both in the chat and our events but also uh, through social and our newsletter. Mm -hmm. What is the landscape of Farmgate cannabis retail sales in Canada we want that people are clamoring for it
1: yeah for sure who doesn't want to just you know it's similar to apple picking when you when you go and you you know you go through the tours and then you just buy everything from the retail store there it's it's an adventure it's definitely an experience um so I guess people (laughs) want
0: people want the chudleys of cannabis
1: (laughs) yes exactly it's a good way of putting it um so I guess we'll just begin with identifying what a farmgate store is, for those who don't know, just because it's it's not really mentioned in the Cannabis Act. Um, so I guess by definition, I kind of like, kind of just touched upon it. Um, farmgate describes the price of goods if they were purchased directly from the farm, um, without a markup added by retailers. So you know, in definition or knowing the definition in relation to cannabis, the farmgate store allows license holders of either a micro or standard cultivation processing license to sell their own brand in a retail atmosphere, whether that's on your own property or or elsewhere. So license holders across the country have been lobbying for this since, you know, 2019 to sell cannabis straight from their production site, um, which would improve sales, increase freshness, uh, quality. And aside from that, create jobs, add revenue and increase the cannabis education of the product overall. So, provincial regulators across Canada, you know, they have a varying outlook on cannabis farm gates. And I'll outline some of them here in this, this infographic um, showing the differences. So, we're kind of going to start from the West Coast and then navigate to the East Coast. Um, so, British Columbia, uh, there, there are big talks in the news right now going on. Um, British Columbia's governing body is the Liquor and cannabis regulation branch, which is also known as the LCRB. Now, they allow both government and private retail sector stores. Their wholesaler is the BC Liquor Distribution Branch. In terms of farm gates, though, the farm gate policy is still in the works. It's anticipated for next year, so 2022. Ultimately, may roll out 2023, potentially. but a few details have been released. So as set out in the government's canvas, you know, retail store terms and conditions, LPs are prohibited from operating owned or affiliated stores. And, and in quotes, I'll, you know, it says, where there's an association connection or financial interest between the applicant and a federally licensed producer. So the concern is the risk that an LP owned or affiliated retailer would only sell its parent producer products. It's Ultimately what a farm gate is and that's right. why we want it to exist, right? So there is a little confusion there. Um, under federal framework, so in Health Canada's framework, only license holders holding standard or micros can potentially open a farm gate um, depending on that municipality uh, zoning requirement. However, in BC right now, all, all they're allowing is the traditional cannabis retail stores that are permitted to sell from the distribution branch. So there is talks, um, you know, they've mentioned direct delivery program to roll out in 2022 um, for small scale producers, you know, including those like nurseries, the ability to deliver that to can, like, the cannabis stores directly. Um, but there's not really any mention regarding the large producers, so I think there's still quite a bit in the works with BC. You know, they they are launching the Indigenous Shelf Space Program here in 2021. Um, so I, I think there's progress. Um, they're definitely in talks about it, but they're still quite a, quite a ways away, and they they need to still flesh out some of the details. But that will definitely be coming soon.
0: They're never in a rush in BC.
1: would you be in the west coast? I mean I I
0: would be because it's a big part of a lot of those uh, well small towns but also it's the only way or the best way to continue to drive down the illicit legacy Legacy market market. but
1: and I think they're realizing that and that's why the the talks are underway um I think they're just trying to flesh out the best system process or possible so shifting towards the east, we'll go to Alberta. Uh, Alberta's governing body is the uh, AGLC or Alberta Gaming Liquor and Cannabis. Now in Alberta, the AGLC is the provincial regulator and the wholesaler. Um, so, you know, they'll, they'll allow cannabis retail stores to operate at licensed cannabis production facilities without any ownership restrictions, which is, which is great. Um, The store must be a separate entity altogether, though. Um, And you can purchase cannabis products for the store, but it must be made through the AGLC. So the cannabis product must actually physically be shipped from the producer to the AGLC warehouse before being ordered, repurchased, and then taken back as inventory. So there is a lot of logistical hassle and, and, transactions that are happening in, in that framework, which, uh, a lot, you know, raise a lot of concern, um, for the LP and a lot of just added work. That's well, them, you know, being there.
0: not to mention in Alberta, they had a problem with melting chocolate for a period of time because of, because what well, has to transport and it gets yeah. more and melts the whole yeah. thing, but
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Should we That'd keep going East? Be- we'll keep going. We'll
1: go to Saskatchewan uh so their governing body is the sgla so saskatchewan gaming and liquor authority can i just
0: say that i like i like all those three things together maybe i'm not supposed to say that but like (laughs) gaming liquor and cannabis That's like it's an awesome combination but let's just not
1: together though not together i
0: like them together
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) um but yeah in saskatchewan they have no public wholesaler so that that's kind of a, a positive on their front there's no ownership restrictions and license holders of all classes can actually operate um, as many stores as they please. License holders and authorized cannabis retailers actually have a great rapport and direct relationship. So there's no provincial product listing process. Um, so that also means gate operations are, you know, also supplied directly by the producer owning the gate store um, without the need to sell or repurchase. So products can be moved directly from the producer's federal inventory into their provincial with no third party involvement other than just reporting through um, both sides of that transaction to the SGLA. So, which is great. There's no, there's no hassle, no logistical worries um, that inventory is essentially staying on that same premise. Over here in Ontario, Um, So a lot of people might know, so our governing body is the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario. So also Jay's favourite, I guess. (laughs) Um, The wholesaler is the OCS, or also known as the Ontario Cannabis Store. So we've, uh, here in Ontario, there's been a lot of progress. Um, According to recent reports, there's 15 ROL applications nine rsa applications
0: for farm gates specifically
1: For so yeah coming from licensed producers to open the farm gates Mm -hmm. on their site um seven of those rols have actually been approved so some of the large lps in the news are thrive tweed level up infusions just to name a couple uh, just to name a few Mm -hmm. um but we're seeing that shift more and more and a lot more lps want to get involved Um, So we've currently haven't seen any open as of yet, but that's truly due to the, you know, the two step application process here in Ontario with the ROL application. So the retail operator license, which is based on the corporation, and then the RSA application, which is based on more of the store location. So uh, I think that's why we're, we're not really seeing them open yeah, as of yet, but I think that's definitely coming um, shortly. So opening will depend on, you know, once, once they've received or once they've applied for the RSA and, and it's gonna really depend on their ability to get their location ready to go. So um, personnel, construction, things like that, as well as having a supply agreement in place with the OCS. The farm gate in Ontario uh, must be located on the same civic address of the license producer um, and must be appropriately zoned for retail. So I think we're also seeing a lot of LPs who originally got into the industry looking for a large warehouse, potentially in an industrial zoned area. Um, now, later down the road, want to open up a retail store and their property is not appropriately zoned for that. Um, a lot of industrial areas in the in the GTA don't allow for retail, and you are either you either have to apply for a variance or you're you're out of out of luck and have to look elsewhere. So I think that causes a lot of the issues as well. Um, but a process has been developed by the OCS to allow LPs to sell directly to consumers through their on-site store by offering a workaround to the current shipping and ordering methods uh, for the LPs and retail stores. So this is, this is great. Uh, they allow the LPs with a Farmgate store to supply their store on site by designating just a portion. Yeah, huge, huge, huge success. D- just by designating a portion of their secure storage as part of like the retail aspect, of so the OCS portion. Um, and then a paper transaction will confirm the store's order with the OCS replacing the actual movement of cannabis between the site and the OCS, so no logistical transfer there. Um, so that's that's the west coast to east, and then um, you know other provinces that we haven't mentioned, such as Quebec, Manitoba, Nova Scotia, have yet to really shed light on whether or not farm something they would entertain or or even if it's really permitted in their their current policy framework. Um, But ultimately, a benefit of having a farm gate, you know, as I mentioned earlier, will increase revenue, better quality, freshness, and increase the cannabis education by having direct interaction uh, with the consumer and explaining how certain, you know, cannabinoid profiles or aromatic molecules are going to shape their experience. Also, you want to know where it's coming from. So I think it it creates uh, a great rapport with the company and, and their consumer overall.
0: Yeah. We, 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 yeah. Did, we did an interview with a, a grower and a retail store in Santa Cruz, California. They have a much bigger footprint than the store itself. They have, it's about a 12,000 square foot facility. 3,000 of it is retail. 9,000 of it is grow at their sort of flagship. And they have a grow room showroom. Oh. So like it's retail in the front, party in the back. No, it's retail <laughs> in the front, but it's a huge glass wall. And you could see the growing facility behind it. Is that- yeah. Is there anything that would prohibit that? Assuming all the other regulations are met, is that something that someone could do in Ontario period?
1: The thing (laughs) is, yeah, it's, it's and it's just like a window.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's a huge glass wall, but yes.
1: The thing is you want to separate those operations really as much as possible. So I, I don't, I think there may be considerations for that. I, you know, in I same, want
0: that so bad.
1: I, I think it's a cool concept. Um, but yeah, you, you definitely want to, to separate that component. Um, there'd be a lot of, a lot of planning regarding security aspects. Um, you know, and and preventing any unauthorized, so your consumers from gaining any access to the operational site perimeter, essentially.
0: Yeah, we did a we did a whole perimeter conversation with uh, <laughs> with uh, Dennis. Dennis. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like okay, and he he described the the perimeter and then the inner thing, the inner. Yeah, yeah. You got it. He, yeah.
1: So he's a security guru, so he would he would definitely, I'm sure, uh, take a look at that that foot. Uh, their floor plan and just kind of see yeah. if it's whether whether or not it's possible but
0: I just love uh, it I love the idea I it.
1: it is a great idea um but uh you'd have to obviously do it in a way to meet compliance here in Canada
0: you could uh, do it you know I was thinking you could do it because everything's you know got all the cameras everywhere just yeah. do a live feed of that camera into the store so you can actually see the the actual growing floor
1: floor yeah, yeah. or videos or something yeah something to educate them I think it's it's a neat way to educate the consumer about you know where they're purchasing from and and making sure that everyone is meeting those high standards um but yeah I think there needs to be a consideration made for the compliance aspect of things so um I I think we we have a strict framework and I've mentioned this before but I, I think there's definitely room for it to grow since we're still in infancy um but yeah i believe i believe you know that that the farm gate operation will will offer the customers that further transparency and and confidence about those products
0: um yeah if there's one thing we need right now it's an excuse to go look at anything that's a small drive away we will go
1: yeah yeah we'll absolutely
0: get in the car and go so whichever ones that are about to open with the rsa and the rol yeah. we will be there. Uh, yeah. Just just open up, and we will show up.
1: It's like chudleys, like you said. We need that in our life.
0: <laughs> we do need a chudleys for cannabis. Uh, yeah. But else, I really appreciate you taking time because it's it's a great look at the, the provinces we know about, and and it sounds like soonish. I say soonish. It's a very cannabis word. Soonish, <laughs> we will see the first uh, cannabis retail farm gate store open, and uh, we'll probably all be there together.
1: I hope so. Great. Um, if viewers are interested in hearing more about farm day landscape, uh, can Delta is hosting a webinar. I, I think I didn't want to step on your toes, Jay, but, <laughs> um, it's coming up on May 4th. Uh, so for all you star Wars fans tune in. Um, but if you, if you navigate to our LinkedIn page, um, or contact us at info at can Delta, we can, we can give you the, the link to register.
0: Great. Thank you, Vanessa. Nice to see you. You as well that was vanessa barros of can delta if you heard this by a podcast please rate us and review us wherever you heard us thank you for joining us on b of c live today we're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners including cannabis at work cannabis benchmarks can delta headset gallagher and torque and mains